Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host and bartender, mixologist. You'll hear more about that in a minute. Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We got a lot of news today. There was a primary slash caucus going on now in Nevada. Yeah. We have some news from the Hill. Did anything get done? You'll find out. The suspense is killing you. And, you know, other such things, including, oh, oh, an impeachment as well. Some word on an impeachment. So we'll get to all that news. But before we do, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Doing just fine and really happy that we're into February now, Just be- not just because it's my birthday, but because we are no longer dealing with January, yeah. which, uh, of course, I would never do. But uh, some of my other friends do, and, and I'm so glad it's over for them because they're, they become generally insufferable because they're sober. I'm kidding. Good for you. <laughs> Well, you got it. It's like what? CrossFit. You got to tell everybody you're yeah, doing it. No, it, it. Yeah. Or what's the what's the cycle? Soul cycle, life yep. cycle, any, whatever any it is. Of these you got oh, you got to get in it. Yeah. Why aren't you in it? Yep. You were dry January, weren't you? I was dry January. Reing. And did you, you do know the what? full 31 days? Refresh I my did. memory. I did indeed. And you know what? It was challenging, Vic, because huh. during the last weekend of the month, I was in a beautiful locale, could have had a drink by the pool. And could not have a drink by the pool. And I, I turned it down. Wow. I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I held strong. And I came back home to have mediocre wine in my house on February 1st instead. <laughs> because that is how you live an upright life, Vic. You're focused and you're mm-hmm. able to, you know, the thing that you were supposed to do, as Catholics often say, is you just offer it up. Yeah. And I, I failed to do that myself. I put it at the feet of Jesus, man. Because I was like, hey, here, here. And look, and this look margarita is going at the feet of Jesus. Look at you now. I was going to, you know, I felt like I, I was in good shape this morning, even though we had gone out. Kate and I went out last night. And I'm like, this is great. Keep it going. And then I got the sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich this morning. So Look, did you fast before that sandwich? Or was it early? No, that was supposed to be when I was fasting. Oh, gotcha. And, you know and I'm, it's not getting any better today, folks. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, Mary Catherine, for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, to celebrate the end of January. But you January, should, Getting Hammer Podcast. Thank you. To celebrate the end of January, with all of our Getting Ham- uh, Hammerhead listeners, we wanted to do a drink segment, which we haven't done in a while. And it's just a small part. It could be a, so many things to talk about today. And this is courtesy from our friends at Savona Communications. And this is a one of their uh, clients. And this is Cane Rock Spiced Jamaican Rum. And it's February. It's cold. Don't you want to be somewhere where it's warm? Although many of our listeners are in places like that in Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Thank you. Hello there. Our major fan base in Puerto Rico. Major fan base in Puerto Rico. And thank you. I'm sure you're enjoying this every day of your life. But for the rest of us up here, here's a little escape. If we can't mm-hmm. go to the Caribbean, maybe the Caribbean can come to us. And I so love what it. we have is a special recipe. It is the afternoon. We are professionals, so we're not going to just go full on. There was a cocktail they recommended that involved not just rum, but white wine. That sounds dangerous. It sounds like it could go badly yeah, for us. Yeah, wine and liquor sounds insane. We'd be canceled. This one is simply called Cane Rock Jamaican Coffee. I'll tell you more about Cane Rock at the end of the show, but let me make the drink right now, Mary Catherine. Yeah. Are you a big liquor coffee person were you big ever on irish coffee anything like that so it t- i was a late adopter of coffee period mm. so like it but i do like an irish coffee when it's cold outside as it is now in the yes. dc area also that? i love that that is coffee that is not me using the bathroom by the way 
There you go. <laughs> that's a different kind of bar. That is a um, different kind. That's that's after the third drink. I love that this is very much a, a pirate bottle. That this, oh, yes. That no, this rum comes rum, in. rum is constantly like a pirate theme, although Kate actually once got me a very nice spiced rum that was called plantation rum, and I think that's questionable. Mm. It's questionable. Yeah. So the, the, actually, the folks over at Savona actually gave me a whole spiced rum kit. It wasn't just the, the rum itself, which is gorgeous. But they also gave me the Blue Mountain Jamaican coffee. And look at this, Mary Kath, and a little bag from Jamaica. You know what's in here, don't you? Mmm. Coffee beans. (laughs) Whatever it is, it smells strong. Now the second part. I just poured Mary Kath. Again, if you're not watching. We have not had a sip yet. No, we haven't. It's already gone down. I can smell this from here. I haven't poured the the rum yet, but I'm about to. Okay. The coffee smells great. Yes. And this is, again, if you're listening to the show, I am now putting the rum into Mary Catherine's coffee. Boy, and we have these love. very cool tin yes. mugs with Cane Rock Jamaica on them. And I'll, you know, I want to talk about barware too, which is a really important aspect of making any drink, but we'll, we'll save that. What they uh, ask for is one and a half ounces, which is a standard jigger. And so I'm pouring mine now. There we go. And then you're supposed to stir it, and you really need a proper. This, I brought this from home, the bar spoon, and this isn't just a. This is only not only a double jigger. This is like a quadruple, because most if you ever get a a, a shot glass, it's typically one point one and a half ounces one side, 0.75 on the other. But who are we kidding? You know you're going to have more than that, so you might as well round it up to two. In this case, four. Okay. Oh my gosh. And now, why do you need this fancy spoon, Vic? Because we're civilized. Okay. I don't know if anyone can hear me on the side of the mic. He says it's because we're civilized. Yes. I'm sure you can hear that as well. Okay. And now here comes the key part. Okay. Well, the key part was the rum, actually. <laughs> Jennifer, our producer, has may actually made us whipped cream. It's heavy cream. She has whipped it using yeah. her blender. Yeah. This and ain't here, no cool no. whip that you found at the church so picnic. This is legit whipped cream. Give me someone Okay, very nice. <laughs> now we need a bigger spoon. We, yeah, our we civilized spoon is too small for the whipped cream. Okay. Okay. And then for- oh, I'm very much here for that. I'm supposed to put my back to the camera. You know, that's a TV 101. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, what, what kind of uh, whipped cream do we have here? Where, what's the brand? I'm not allowed to taste yet. I'm going to hold up. Harris Teeter, only the best. Okay. Harris Teeter is upper, upper echelon of grocery stores, I would say. You, I'm strictly an Aldi price. girl. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Looks beautiful. This is, this is the kind of heavy whipped cream that uh, was used to get Herbie the Love Bug drunk in that in the movie Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> it's you remember so they old. put it in the they put it in the engine Thorndike. I think Thorndike because he got Buddy Hackett drunk. Okay. The last thing is a sprinkle, and you can use uh, allspice, nutmeg, or cinnamon. Jennifer brought us some lovely cinnamon. I'm going to sprinkle some for Mary Catherine. Love it. I am now Ooh. garnished. Sorry, there was like nothing and then there was everything. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Now we're prepared Catherine, to uh, face the news. Cheers. Oh man. Wow. That's nice. Isn't that nice? How late am I going to be up tonight? Because you got to do the math with like, it's an upper, but it's also a downer. Yeah, no. Which I way know. am I going? Mm-hmm. Am yeah, I gonna... The alternative, if you don't have access to like Jamaican rum and coffee, you can also do co- something called Red Bull Vodka. <laughs> it's the equivalent. <laughs> A little bit mm. less civilized. Jennifer just had an espresso martini, which I just learned 
at least Jennifer's recipe, includes actually six or seven different liquors and spirits. It's more like the Long Island iced tea of espresso martinis. And she said, I only had three. Wow. That's how we roll here on Getting well, Hammered. We'll see how the cuts are every on this member, Every member production. of the team, every member of the team, we, we, know, how to, we know how to do it up. Very okay. Nice. Thank you for making this. And You're thank very you to welcome. Cane Rock. This is delicious. Yeah, delicious. By the way, I went to the appointment with my toddler this morning. How did that go? Oh, how did it go? Oh, she was like just reciting Longfellow in there. That's wonderful. Using all the words. The lady's like, oh, she said fish. I was like, I've literally never heard her say fish. It's not. Wait, there's like they usually have it. What, what's the like the test? Like twenty six words or something like that, or yeah, something. And, like, you know, okay, and she she is on the lower end mm-hmm. again. I am not particularly worried about her. She was fine in all respects of the evaluation, except for that. just a fewer words than no. a little bit over a two year old would normally. Are you like have. the Are you like the proud mom when you're sitting there watching her Look, talk? You know what I am proud of? She's so charming. <laughs> everyone in yeah. there, everyone in there is That's like nice. she's very social. Uh-huh. She's engaging with everybody. And, and Do you were, tell her she's not always like that or is she always like that? Uh, she's a pretty, she's a large personality. Few words, large personality. Okay. Much like her father. So I enjoyed watching her just sort of like command the room. Very, yes. I like that. It's very nice. Yeah. No, it, it's, and it's she infectious. she was excited because she has all these siblings to have like three or four people paying attention to her at one time. That was exciting oh, for yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. That's but very, yeah, she's, she's, a, the she's center, the center of the universe at that. She's a okay. She's like you know maybe like a couple months of of work to do on you know yeah, cueing her to not scream and in, instead say words. But we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, are we going straight to the news, or do we have anything from the Mattis household? No, that is all I got for you. <laughs> all right, I'm going to continue to sip this coffee, and it's going to get us. Oh, I, I have actually, Jennifer also brought us these wonderful TV trays that you could put, you know, straight it. out of the 1950s and just making sure mine doesn't tip over. Did your um, family use TV trays at any point? No, but I love the idea of it. I, I think, don't know what we did. We must have just ate at the table. Ours ours sort of, ours, I feel like ours occasionally did. Mm-hmm. What we did is when we were kids, my mom would sort of lay down a beach towel in front of the TV and, just, and we could just eat on, eat on the beach yeah. towel yeah. so that we didn't make a mess. So that was like kind of a treat. We also had these things. Do you remember from the the 80s? I feel like they were bigger called lap desks, which was like a, it was like a cushion. Oh, yes. And then a. That's from, people would do that in college. Yes. Because you're sitting on your bed. So we would just have one of those and you could have a little meal on that. <laughs> you could try to do it. Well, if, if it has like a rail around it, that's kind of a mm-hmm. breakfast in bed situation too, if you wanted. Very no, nice. This is not to say that I was not a TV trait, a food person, which we were, and we were definitely, we were Swanson, oh. and my choice was the Salisbury steak. The Salisbury steak oh. is killer. It's, you know, I'm beginning to think that it wasn't all beef in there. No. I think there might have been some oh, filler. some filler in there. A little bit of filler. When I look at my are steaks you, now versus Are you telling then, me those char grill stripes aren't real either? But you know what? They better be real. That would be terrible. So I went to an in-home daycare. As a child, run by like oh, oh. just well, like some is, nice this ladies. This is totally down the on street. brand, by the way. Totally on brand. Just run by some nice ladies down the street in a, in a nice southern ladies' basement where the the yes. kiddos just watched Fraggle Rock and hung out. Yes, and <laughs> they served the Salisbury steak there. Oh, and it was such a treat. 
when I was about four years old to have some Salisbury steak. I have at, to tell you, for me, the highlight of the Salisbury steak, besides the Salisbury steak, was the mashed potatoes because we never really had that growing up unless it was Thanksgiving. We always had rice. That's the staple. And mashed potatoes are so much more interesting than white rice. Let's <laughs> say. Sorry. All right. For real to the news. Okay, let's get to the news. Let's get to the Salisbury steak of it all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do a do do impeachment first? of Mayorkas first. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So there was an attempted impeachment of. Yeah. He's DHS, Mayorkas, for not doing his job, which he very clearly isn't doing. It's not. Now he's not doing his job, upon the wishes of. The Biden administration, mm-hmm. right? They don't want the border enforced. They don't want him to enforce the laws that are under his purview. That's sort of the policy over at the Biden administration. The Republicans say, okay, well, we're going to impeach you because you're very clearly not doing your job and you're announcing that you're not doing your job. But as you know, in the House, Republicans have a very, very, very slim margin of yeah. error. And yesterday the vote failed. It's actually 215-215. But then there was a procedural movement where... A guy who had been pro-impeachment switched his yes. vote because, due to the rules of the chamber, he can bring this back up for reconsideration if he's on that side of it. Whatever. You know who doesn't understand that? His Twitter comments. But <laughs> <laughs> he was he was pro-impeachment, but he had to switch his vote yeah. uh, in order to bring this back up in the future. You know what was wild, though? Did you hear this? What? The reason this went, part of the reason this went down, a extremely close margin. B, Al Green, a Democrat from Texas, was having surgery, stomach surgery, and they thought he would be out. Mm -hmm. But he rolled up in there, and by rolled up, I mean literally Literally. on a Mm -hmm. gurney in his hospital garb to cast a vote against the impeachment, and that's part of the reason that uh, did not happen. Is it Al Green? Is that his name? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like the singer, I but unrelated to the reverend. I looked it up like three times because I was like, that can't be right. Is his name Al Green? Okay. The Congressman Al Green, whose beard begins at his lower eyelid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. That's I mean, the that's Al Green. just extremely manly to, bl- to yeah, be able to grow I hair there. Yeah, that's something else. But he always manages to also I'm be- just an unfrozen no matter man. Who the, no matter who the president is, he always manages to be on the aisle. Oh, get really? The handshake. He is always in the aisle. There are some people who are like really good about that. In any event, yes, he had a, a stomach issue. And then he, they, they wheeled him in. Talk about obstruction of justice. <laughs> it's the Cane Rock talking right now. I like that one. Go. I like that one. Uh, yes. So, so, your thoughts. I, you know, can I can I tell you my, this is my dereliction of duty as yes. a podcast host and person who's supposed to be yeah. interested in politics, yeah. but I feel like one of the things that makes me decent at political analysis is that I'm closer to normal person than a lot of people in D.C. Sure. Yes, yes. And what I want to say is that I can't keep track of what the hell is going on up there, right? I don't know how many people who are regular voters knew there was an impeachment. I don't know how many people knew there was border security bill or how it's related to the Ukraine and Israel funding. It's my job to keep track of this stuff. And I'm barely on top of it. Right. So I just want to put that out there when, when we are, when we are, figuring out how this affects the voting public, sometimes the answer is not. It does not. Well, I I wonder how much of this is actually pressure from constituents to say, you need to do something even if it makes really legally no sense. Because 
There's no question, as we were just saying, that Mayorkas is doing a terrible job. Yes. So terrible that I- I'm not sure if it's really just sheer incompetence or if it's actually deliberate because he has bad policy ideas in his mind I mean, it or feels a combination a little de- of both. It feels deliberate to the point that he's almost just announcing how bad he right. is at his job, proudly. That said, being bad at your job is not grounds for impeachment. It's grounds for firing, but the person who has the power to fire won't. Well, the person who is his boss thinks yeah. he's doing a good job. Even worse. So on <laughs> so, the one hand, I'm like, you can't impeach him for doing a, a bad job. And, and, I, and, I get, and I'm sympathetic because it is horrendous what's happening down there yeah. and, and such. At the same time, it allowed for all these people to come to Mayorkas's defense, and that's ridiculous, yeah. including two quotes, if I can share okay, with please. you. One from Al Green himself when he was rolled in. And he just said, quote, I didn't want to see his reputation besmirched like this, mm. really, because his reputation mm. was so sterling yes. going into this impeachment proceedings. OK. And the second one was from Mayorkas himself. And it's rather puzzling. He, his response to this was, quote, you claim that we have failed to enforce our immigration laws. That is false. I believe that law enforcement at the border can be tough and humane. OK. Wait. What? So under Trump, in the same amount, we, 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 we've reached a point where we can now measure quite realistically and accurately in the span of time that Trump's been in office and basically in the span of time that Biden's been in office. Under Trump, it's like 2.4 million illegals had crossed into the United States. Under Biden, it is over 7 million. No, I mean, I believe no the question. stat the other day was that they hit a million since the beginning of the fiscal year. Oh, yes. Since October, Since October now is now a million. The, the fastest they have ever reached yeah. that number of encounters at the border. It is not. So there's no a question. Myth. He should be fired. He should, you know, and presidents have done this. You go to, you know, going all the way back, but I'm not going to go way back. I'll go to, I'll, I'll say, you know, Robert McNamara and Lyndon Johnson had him, you know, shunted aside to the World yeah. Bank, right? Donald Rumsfeld after Iraq and, 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 and Trump waited till after the results of the midterms in 2006 to have him, you know, just Bushed eased yes. off, you know, Biden doesn't do it. And I and have that, to. That's because he's never, there's no comeuppance no. for Biden. No, there's no comeuppance for Biden. Um, Mike Gallagher, who I'm a fan of, a uh, Wisconsin yeah. congressman, was a Marine. He said, look, this is he wrote in The Wall Street Journal about why he didn't vote for impeachment. And he said, look, this we've only ever impeached a cabinet secretary for criminal behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want this to become this political tool that goes back and forth with every cabinet head. Those who are in favor of the impeachment go, it's already a political tool. Like what that ship has sailed. (sighs) I'm exhausted. Just uh, yeah, I would just say again, I understand what he's saying, which is to be aware because it's tempting now. When the shoe's on the other foot. As Al Green might say, how do you mend a broken border? <laughs> Very good. Did, I, you know, did I have to look up his greatest hits to make that joke? I did. Let's stay together. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Although, you know, the other, the best, the better song is I'm I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Yeah, that one. I think it's called. Between so Al Green and Herbie, we are really hitting yeah, we're going the back. young demo yeah, today. Like, yeah. Hey, his listen, youngsters. His youngsters, great- if you don't know yeah. Al Green, please oh, look up. Please. His greatest hits still are consistently like a very good it's a very good compilation oh fantastic yeah all right other news from the hill or non-news as it were yeah the border security bill did not oh, pass and i think died. we've got a little bit of mcconnell saying why he's asked first he was attacked by Cruz 
And then he explains, okay, we can't get the votes together for this. Senator Ted Cruz had a press conference around noon today, said that you shouldn't have, have even tried to negotiate with Democrats, said this bill was designed to fail, and that it's time for you to step down as GOP leader. What's your response to that? I think we can all agree that Senator Cruz is not a fan. The president came out and he pointedly put the blame on Donald Trump. He said it is Donald Trump's is to blame for the failure of this bill. Was Trump's opposition too much for you to overcome? Well, I've said repeatedly every month I'm not going to get into comments about the race for the presidency among Republicans. I think in the end, even though the product was approved by the, Bo the Border Council that endorsed President Trump, most of our members feel that we're not going to be able to make a law here. And if we're not going to be able to make a law, they're reluctant to go forward. There are other parts of this supplemental that are extremely important as well. Now, when he's talking about the other parts that are important, he's talking about Ukraine funding, yep. Israel funding, some humanitarian aid, right. some of which would go to the Gaza Strip. Mm, I remain concerned about that, especially Who's handling that on handling through UNRWA. Yeah. yeah. But those parts, of course, were very controversial. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Vic. Wasn't the pitch from some of the Republicans that don't back this border bill mm -hmm. that in order to pass Ukraine and Israel spending, particularly Ukraine? Yeah. They needed border security, like, wrapped up together That's with right. it. Mm -hmm. Now, then Lankford was sent unto the Democrats because yeah. the Democrats control the chamber. To have to deal with Chuck Schumer. So he went to deal with them, ended up with this bill, which, like, whether you like it or not, did not have amnesty in it, and attempted to get some border security stuff done. Yeah. I'm okay with people being against it. I think it's like, you can make that call. I, I think mm -hmm. I would lean towards, I don't trust these a-holes. <laughs> Right. I'm not sure what we're doing here, right? But didn't you ask for the two to be tied to each other? And then it comes back and you got a thing and it's like, nope, nope, we're not, nope, we're not doing that anymore. Linkford, how dare you? Yeah, I mean, I think once Trump weighed in, I think that sort of uh, changed the uh, calculus. But you're right. I mean, Langford is just doing what you were supposed to do back in the olden days, which well, is... you should never do that stuff. It's really thankless. You're on one side, and, and not to mention they're in the minority side, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they're even in a majority. They don't even have a narrow majority. They're in the minority. They're trying to get something done. It's very apparent that the border is a disaster. So the Democrats are now coming over to the table and willing to make compromises, right? Like like we mentioned on the last show. There's nothing, you, there's nothing about the dreamers or anything no, else. So do you let's think work their together. calculation was, we know these dum-dums aren't going to go for this, well, so let's give them... That's not... A, you know what? You're like playing 40 chess here. I mean, but are any of these people smart enough to play 40 chess? I'm not sure. <laughs> but you're right, because Mike Johnson said this thing is going to be DOA. Right, so the Democrats get to say, look, we tried this thing. Mm -hmm. we, were, oh, we were totally willing to be tougher right. on the border, and they said no... I don't know. Look, in the end, whose benefit does this redound to? Right. Let me let me give you Biden oh, trying his pitch question. on this. And you tell me if this is going to work. American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no. Because they're afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump. And his MAGA Republican friends. Okay. 
The okay, so first of all, here's what's interesting. He says he's going to take this to the American people. That would involve him campaigning. No, it's like, I, so, where's where's he going to be at the like Piccadilly cafeteria at yeah. 3 p.m. for the early yeah, bird I'm special? Gonna take it to the uh, yeah, I'm going to take it to the American people who happen to live in Wilmington, <laughs> and then they're going to hear me when I'm getting ice cream. I'm going to take when it I'm to the American chocolate, people chocolate chip, who work in hear, the White House. It's oh. MAGA Republicans, mega MAGA Republicans, and Trump. That, that when you think border crisis, I want you to think Trump. Border crisis, Trump, mm-hmm. not me. People aren't going to buy that. I don't think so. I I don't know how much the numbers. This is interesting because, you know, when we looked at the polls, you know, uh, a year or half a year ago, we said, oh, 2024 is a long way away, right? It is now February of 2024. Now we're here. Right? It's coming up, okay? Sure, we're not in the spring yet. Spring is next month. And then we're in the summer. And then people would used to say, well, you know how the summer is. It, it, It doesn't really, you don't really want to pay attention to polls until after the conventions. After Labor Day, really. October, actually. November 1, really, is really the, you know, and then, <laughs> and then what do they say at the right, end? Right. The only poll that matters. The only matters. poll that really matters is right. on Election Day, uh, so that, which begs the question, what the hell are we doing the rest of the year? <laughs> I don't Well, we're making Jamaican spiced rum coffee. That's, That's right. what we're doing. That's why we do that kind of thing. You know, there are a lot of things. The pushback to this is there are a lot of things that Biden can do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he did them when he came into office because he reversed all of Donald Trump's executive decisions. A phone and a, a, phone and a pin. Phone and a pen. See, I said pone and a fen because I had half of rum coffee. <laughs> yes, but it was a generous one and a half ounces. Uh, so of of rum. The, this is the pushback now, and 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 all they have to say is he can actually enforce these things. He can, yes. but that would also involve him having to reverse his own positions yes. and his own executive orders, and he's not going to do that. Hence, we are in this position now. Well, and so much of the. Biden administration ethos is just to govern in opposition to whatever Trump did. Yeah. And I think they did it, that that's a bad way to govern, because sometimes those things will be good things. Right. And if you keep them around, by the way, you get a political victory by not having this incredible influx over the border. But you didn't have to do the thing. They can't fathom that he did anything that was actually good. I know. Which is not for me to take a sign. I'm just pointing it out. Matter of factly, this is sort of it's a gut reaction. No, people are blinded by... Yeah. How much they dislike him. Yeah. Speaking of which, and I, I'm springing this one on you, but I know oh. you listened to a little bit of it. The oral arguments for the oh, Colorado yes. case yes. were at the Supreme Court today. So this is the one where in Colorado, the state Supreme Court said, heck yeah, this guy's an insurrectionist. We're going to take him off of the ballot according to the 14th Amendment, which you know has a provision for this, but doesn't list the president. Mm-hmm. I was... I listened to some of the oral oral arguments. I also read up on this sort of live feed, and it sounds like almost every justice was yeah. highly skeptical yeah. of this plan to get Trump off the ballot. Uh, that is that is correct. It was not a great day for the Colorado lawyers and officials. And it started actually when I saw the Colorado Secretary of State. She was on CNN with Jake Tapper, mm-hmm. and she was explaining why they can do it and why it is the right thing for them to have done. Right. And she just said, "Look, if you had Arnold Schwarzenegger on the ballot, you would have to remove him because you know he's not a U.S. citizen, and Donald Trump shouldn't be on the ballot because he's an insurrectionist. He hasn't been charged and no. and convicted on being an insurrectionist. Jack Smith. That's he's not." going after Trump for January 6th. He's going after him for a lot of other things, but right. January 6th is not it. So they're going after him for something which he's actually not been convicted on and or in, in many ways charged. That's a problem. And as you mentioned, a lot of the justices, they were, the lawyers seemed out of their league. You had to not only deal with, and I listened to, for example, Roberts and 
Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas and Alito and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. But you also had, as you mentioned, Alina Kagan and Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yep. So this thing can be, at best for Colorado, a 2-7 decision against you, 7-2, but quite possibly 9-zip. And honestly, yeah. a 9-zip ruling on this would be some of the best news for the country that we've had in quite some time because it would it would sort of certify that this institution yeah. is doing something with unanimity and and that perhaps going to these extreme measures to get rid of Trump is not the way to go because there are still people who respect the institutions and the norms, which we were told were very Well, I, I think what they might do on the far left and the people who are outside the Supreme Court with the banners saying, mm -hmm. you know, to, to kick Trump out, you know, ban him from the ballot and stuff and, and to just stop him from running and being eligible. They would either say, one, um, the case was poorly argued. We'll have to argue it another way. It was just presented poorly. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the merits of it, because he really doesn't deserve to be on the ballot. He shouldn't be. Or two, they'll say. Man, that Ketanji Brown Jackson, she used to be, you know, so good on these issues. This is where it goes. No, Ketanji Brown Jackson would be like, when was she bought? Oh. That's what I'd like you to saw know. This, you saw this with Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the very end. People are turning on oh, her. Politico reporting the tenor of the questions suggested the court was leaning heavily against those seeking Trump's removal from the 2024 ballot and seemed inclined to overturn the ruling of the Colorado Supreme Court that deemed Trump ineligible yeah. to be president again. The justices appeared hostile to the notion that the states could be the arbiters of the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause, a post-Civil War amendment intended to bar former Confederate leaders from holding office. One of the questions that that Tanji Brown Jackson asked, I believe, was, well, so if it was meant to get rid of the president, why isn't the president listed among the offices yes. that would be insurrection? If you read them, they talk about officer, but they do not they do not mention the most obvious thing. Right. So president of the United interesting States. that those folks were pushing back. And I think the left activist base is so, so transactional that they will be like, I can't believe these bought and paid for Elena yeah. Kagan, Ketanji Brown yeah. Jackson. Uh, I saw, in fact, on uh, CNN, Jeremy Raskin, like the congressman mm -hmm. was on. And he was like, well, you know, they're just arguing poorly on the legal merits, which is I don't want to get into that. The point is he is an insurrectionist, you know, point okay. blank. Okay. And therefore, the funniest thing, however, Mary Catherine, was then Trump appeared at the steps of, you know, he was in West Palm Beach, mm -hmm. you know, and was making a statement following the these arguments. But Trump being Trump, he actually starts talking about the border. And right, of the, course. <laughs> the insane asylums letting out all the people and this and that. <laughs> and immediately, Jake Tapper has to cut it off. Say, sorry, we thought he was going to talk about this, which is relevant to news, but obviously he's not. And he's talking about the other things. So we're not going to. And then they had to go back later. Wait, oh, he did mention the court. We're going to go back. We're and go then back. when they go back, then he continues rambling on about something. Oh, we got to cut it off again because they're so obsessed with not showing us Trump. Right. It's embarrassing because, you know, no, they, you just... you know, they don't trust us to say like, oh, this is crazy or this is not crazy. They can't give him the free airtime the way the way they do for Joe Biden. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you just got to be comfortable with him. Yeah. Rambling a bit because he's uh, by all rights right. going to be the, the nominee saying, and then going to be possibly the president. You just kind of have right. to come to grips with some of that. But I do agree with you that uh, a 9-0 or decidedly more than a 6-3 decision mm -hmm. would be refreshing because right now, I mean, not just so we can say definitively, for those of you who thought it, it's a bad idea. And if you think that these justices who you so admire, right. you know, don't agree, then you need to re sort of rethink how you're coming about this argument. But also, you have 16 states 
that are still in the midst of challenging mm -hmm. whether or not Trump should be on the ballot. And two of them already have him gone right now, Colorado and Maine to a certain extent. So, yeah. Um, I want to add this too. Chief, Chief Justice Roberts may have tipped both his and perhaps the whole court's hand. This is Kyle Cheney at uh, Politico reporting on the oral arguments. Amid a series of sharp questions by the conservative justices for those seeking Trump's disqualification, Roberts made plain that he does not buy the conclusion that the 14th Amendment was meant to permit states to determine whether a candidate was an, an ineligible insurrectionist. The whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? He asked. It's a position that is at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment, Roberts said, noting that the position would have empowered the former Confederate states to weigh in on whether a candidate is disqualified from holding federal office. I just want to say that I enjoy listening to SCOTUS oral arguments because you hear people addressing things and arguing about things like adults. Yeah. Rationally, soberly, bringing up interesting mm -hmm. points. You learn things. I know that this is basically, it's not perfect. Sometimes you'll get some emo weirdness mm -hmm. from a justice here and there, but mostly they're asking grown up questions and having a grown up, high level conversation. And also for people who really, really, really hate some of these justices, you listen to them. They are not the caricature that you have in mind. No, they're really not. And that not. goes for whether you're talking about Brett uh, Kavanaugh or Elena Kagan. Yes. Or um, KBJ. I hear. Or what's the other yeah. one? ACB. Yeah. ACB, KBJ. KBJ. Sotomayor, I'm not so sure about. But but certainly Elena Kagan and Katanji Brown-Jackson, you know, you listen many to of my like, oh. Many of my right-leaning lawyer friends are very find Kagan in particular to be oh. very admirable, so yeah. smart. Yeah. But it's interesting to listen to these folks and, to, hired, and how, had, they, how they make Brett, these decisions. Yeah, she hired Brett Kavanaugh back in Harvard. That's right. Well, that's a mark against her, I yeah, think. Yeah, yes, it is. All right. What else do we have? Oh, yes. Trump. Oh, single handedly rehabbing Bud Light over here. So you remember Bud Light has yep. been persona non grata, grata for any bira non grata for anybody slightly right of center yeah. since they hired and made a special like custom can for Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney, Mulvaney, trans influencer extraordinaire Dylan Mulvaney. Real misstep by the brand, that one. And so they've had. Sales plummeted. It has not been a good look. Basically, no one has really backed off the Bud no. Light thing, I believe, unless you're paid a lot of money. Like So so Dana yeah. White, for instance, has a partnership with Bud Light because Bud Light is going to the guy right. who reaches the audiences that Bud right. Light used Trying to, to convince people, right. hey, because they gave him a suitcase full of cash. Yes. No, I don't actually think it's a suitcase, but you know. It's a cooler. They do it in a it's cooler. It's a cooler now. But Donald Trump was on truce saying, hey, Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. He praised the beverage giant's efforts to support farmers and create jobs, including employment for U.S. veterans. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance, question mark? Yes, the question mark <laughs> is key. Now, where's this coming from? Was he offered oh, because a cooler of cash? What happened well, here? Uh, well, as you know, Jeff Miller, who is a lobbyist for Anheuser-Busch, is throwing Trump a fundraiser. And ah, I believe it's like $35,000 okay. a plate or something very, okay. very high. Got to follow result, the money, guys. I feel like he's like, ah, got to give him a chance, you know, and he's hedging his bets. because Question asks, mark? Question mark is like him not saying, hey, all of my followers, you must now start drinking Bud Light again. No. He's like, come on. Except think this way. The most sycophantic of his followers, who, by the way, probably are all getting suitcases or coolers full of cash from his campaign. Okay, who are we talking about? Like, you know. Johnny Maga and oh. Cat Turd and these types, right? As soon as he truths this, 
they all just pipe up with like picking up a case of Bud Light after work no, today. No, they're not. Like, oh, is, come on. No, they are incapable of being embarrassed for themselves. Yeah. Somebody else says, MAGA Hulk. I just bought the entire stock of Bud Light and Bud Light seltzer at my local distributor, drinking nothing but Bud Light until election night. What is wrong with you people? They believe nothing. Pe- pe- well, I mean, very much like the candidate himself. He's, he's very transactional. Very transactional. And as you know, if you are good to him, he's going to be good to you. And as a boss, that's a really valued asset. I get that. Okay. I appreciate that. But uh, Well, he'll be good of, to you for like a couple of weeks until yeah, he doesn't until need you anymore. He doesn't, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But the but in, in this case, I mean, and it, so it pains him to say anything bad about anybody who is if they support him. So yes. I mean, the guy. I mean, this happened after Charlottesville. This also happened. He had dinner with Kanye West, Milo, and Nick Fuentes. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to have dinner. Good you crew. know, I mean, good it's, group. It's, yeah. So it's 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 a good group. So it pains him. And obviously, if he's going to do something like that, he doesn't want to seem hypocritical. So he's going to say something yeah. nice about light. This is not going to change my... I don't drink Bud Light. I don't drink beer in general, as you know. But Well, I do think that... But I know a lot of people that don't, still don't. I know. No, no. I think I think the spanking that Bud Light got for this yeah. in the free market... And still market, getting. And is still getting. Yeah. Probably deserved. They really, yeah. really misread yeah. this. And then, yeah. they, then the, the clip leaked of... It's not just that Dylan Mulvaney became the spokesperson and got the special treatment. Then this video leaks of this executive saying yeah. like, hey, we got to move away from our customers, our core mm-hmm. customers who we think are kind of gross. Right. <laughs> yes. That's the problem because you have this sort of these these young, what's the term? Are they millennials? Is yeah. this what's happening? Yes. And they're, they're very woke. The DEI millennials. And they are in positions of power now. Yeah. And so they think this way. And if they think this way, hey, everybody loves the trans stuff. So we're going to go move trends away from these bros. Because so I mean, it's a combination. What kind of, how much do they really factor in our sales? About right. Life? So it's a combination of elevating the sort yeah. of DEI part yeah. of it, yeah. misreading your audience, yeah. totally. and then disrespecting your audience yeah. on top of it. I don't. I don't drink Bud Light in general, but I did like Bud Light Lime, and I'm not as inclined to buy it because I think they don't think much of their customers, and they're going along with this crowd that's led on Twitter and in DEI, you know, C-suites, mm-hmm. but not normal people. They have a, a uh, Bud Light has a Super Bowl ad out that I guess is going to attempt to to reclaim. They have the done. They have done so many of these ads to try to make it up to Red America, right? Yeah. And the, these really true American ads: guys and girls hanging out in the Great Plains, and they're drinking, and the sun's going down. They're on a ranch. Purple Mountain yeah, Majesty. The whole thing. Beautiful. It hasn't worked. The yeah. only thing left for Anheuser Busch to do is just to say we endorse Donald Trump for president. That's it. That's it. For, well, outdo the rest. Outdo Yingling, and just say we're all in. And uh, yeah, that's no, it. That's all I can think about. Whenever a brand particularly a brand that is mostly consumed by heterosexual males who are prone to just like joking in any way, right? And you make your brand into the joke. Yeah. That's going to be a problem for you. And the brand became the joke. Yeah. And it just, it it lingers. They can't, they can't shake it off. People, I don't know how long it's going to go on for, but certainly it leaves a, I guess, I guess the MAGA crowd is going to come roaring back now. We will, well, whatever they, we'll see, we'll see what they (laughs) All right. Oh, I mentioned Nevada, but we didn't get into it. Oh, right. Not good, though. Not great. For our friend. (laughs) So let me preface this. Nevada's weird this year because there is both a caucus, which is the traditional way of doing things, and a primary. Democrats and Republicans held a primary this week. There's also a Republican caucus. 
because the Republican Party said, no, we're not doing a primary. We want to do the caucus instead. This was seen as like, I guess, a play to the grassroots and also probably going to help Trump. Yeah. So both things were happening. Yeah. The Republican primary does not award delegates. The Republican caucus Caucus does. So Nikki Haley was unopposed on the Nevada primary ballot. However, none of these candidates option on the ballot outscored her by quite a bit. What does that mean, Mary Catherine? Well, it means nothing in delegates, but it can't be good for morale. <laughs> Who are the others? Do you, does this other mean Donald Trump? I mean, is that because if he's not on there? Yeah, I mean, well, so the New York Times quotes one guy who, and this is like sort of one of the weird powers of Trump, is that he has really intense loyalty among those with whom he has loyalty, mm-hmm. right? And so Mark Reynolds, 56, had planned to vote for Mr. Trump in Thursday's caucuses, but he stopped by a polling place briefly on Tuesday morning to cast a vote for none of these candidates. It's just to send a message, he said. So when you can get people yeah. to go hate vote, that's a... That tells you something. That's an impressive move. Um, now, Nikki Haley had spent no time in Nevada. She had focused on South, South Carolina. Carolina instead. But coming into South Carolina, of course, not a great feeling. No. And yeah, we we know where this is headed. I don't know if she'll be actually. She says she's going to be there to the bitter end, but you know. Again, I do not think it's a miscalculation for somebody to have some delegates in this race, so that should something very strange happen, as has been happening all year, because we have an unprecedented mm-hmm. careening toward a constitutional crisis. On our yeah, hands, I don't think it's a bad idea to collect a few delegates and be hanging around to, in, in the yes. in the corners. Yeah, the, but yeah, how long for the potential long of a you... back room for the dealing that yes. used to be done? But how long can you do that for? I don't know. Not that long. I don't know. Through South Carolina. Oh, two more things. What do you got? I want to do. These are sad updates, but I want to. Oh right, uh, I mentioned update. Yeah. Former Trump administration uh, official Mike Gill, who was the one who was shot out on K Street in that rampage of carjackings that took another life as well. Yeah. Um, both dads of several. Yeah. Uh, kids. Mike Gilb did pass away after yeah. uh, that shooting. He was picking up his wife in the middle of town, waiting for her in the car. So very sad. Two lives lost that day. If 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 that doesn't make like the D.C. Council want to say, hey, we need to reassess what we're doing because the strategy is not working, the strategy of more resources and less enforcement or imprisonment or whatever, then I don't know what I don't I mean, know what can. Lucky, I don't know what we're can. We're actually lucky more people aren't dead from that. Yeah. Day. Thirty five year old Alberto Vasquez Jr. was the other yeah. victim. The yeah, guy it was a who, the guy ended up being shot by police because yeah. he brandished his gun at police. He also shot at a police car, a patrol yeah. car, on the side of the road as he was driving out of town. I mean, this guy was yeah, unhinged. Yeah. Very sad to hear that. And then another sad update, which is in Israel, there was confirmation that thirty two, at least thirty two of the one hundred and thirty six mm. six hostages held in Gaza have been killed or have passed away. Right. 20 others are feared dead. Right. So that is a huge number of those who were left. There is, there was some talk at, oh, there is a possibility of a peace deal and they can release all of, eventually, in in just installments, the remaining hostages. Right. You know, the, the, the women and the children maybe first. And this is where it gives you pause. It should give you pause, but it doesn't for some people and say, wait a minute, they're still holding women and children? Isn't that yeah. kind of, I don't know, for all the, you know, the furor about what the Israelis are doing in Gaza, you you would think that they'd be like, well, maybe if they did that, maybe it would mm-hmm. stop. Uh, there are young women yeah. who have been in Gaza for four months. No, there and, is, and God there knows what's happening. There are at least two 
Yeah. There's a baby. Baby. There's yeah. a baby. Right. Who's been in Gaza for four right. months. And and the he worst turned part one of one while he was in Gaza. The what and what that does psychologically, let alone Ugh. physically, to these people. The the other thing, of course, is these deals seem to leave Hamas in control. Oh, so strange. And that's what they're pushing for: ceasefire now. So, luckily, or I should say, I should say, fortunately, Netanyahu rejected that. Said there because really, after October seven, it has they have to stay focused on. We can't leave them in place. Well, so and that's what they're gonna do. I mean, not to I'm not patting us on the back, but we said at yeah. the beginning of this conflict, how do you end up? with a good resolution because right. if Hamas just waits you out, it doesn't care about civilians, right? No, Israelis care about civilians. Hamas does not. If it just waits you out, runs to the south of Gaza, right. you take care of everybody in the northern parts mm-hmm. and then sort of go back to Israel to try to rebuild, yeah. what happens? They just sort of float back up to right. the north of Gaza right. and rebuild again. Yeah, I mean, that's- With that's, all their UNRWA money. That's the plan. The charter remains the same. Remember, our goal right. is to kill you. So just give us some time to rebuild, and we'll eventually do it. And after we do it, we're going to say ceasefire. So it was unclear. Don't to, break the ceasefire. Yeah, it was unclear to me how you do get rid of Hamas without reoccupying this area. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. And the and the rest of the world is just going to flood Gaza with humanitarian well, aid, which yeah. is in theory great if it gets to civilians. Mm-hmm. But we know that it does not. And, do and, that. And, 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 and the Biden administration is already getting weak on on this matter. Oh, yeah. They, they've decided to sanction a, a handful of West Bank residents, one of whom I think was like spray painting a car. They're going to do that. OK. But, you know, there's also a Department of Education investigation into the uh, inability of colleges to protect yeah. pro-Palestinian students. Oh, oh, you thought I was going the other way. You got me there. Yep. You got me married, nope, Catherine. Nope, it went the other way. Yeah, that's impressive. <sighs> yeah. So, like I said, it's not uplifting at the end of the old podcast here, but I've got No, rum. I was going to say, you know what is uplifting? <laughs> King Rock Spiced <laughs> Jamaican right. Rum. Created by the team at Maison Ferrand and owner and master blender Alexander Gabriel, Cane Rock Spiced Rum is inspired by Jamaica's unmatched rum-making history and love of spices offering complexity and character. Cane Rock is the expression of its terroir, a product with Jamaican roots crafted according to traditional methods. The Cane Rock experience is all about carving out time to kick back, relax, do a podcast, enjoy fun-filled moments with friends and family with the holidays here. Oh, sorry, a little late. The, <laughs> the holiday meeting President's Day is coming up. Our Cane Rock- St. Patrick's Day. You can have some more St. Patrick's Day. A lot of, a lot of holidays coming up. Our Cane Rock cocktails change from bright and fruity to rich and warming. That's us right now. That's why I'm sweating. We have we love mixing Cane Rock with coffee. That's what we just did as they bring out the best in one another, beautifully highlighting the complexity of flavors and spices. So thank you again to Savona and Ashley Ott over there. Let me add one more thing because I Please. forgot to earlier. I hope this is not a sad note. No, no, no. Oh, this is, we're going to take it up for a second. We're going to take it up. Uh, okay. What are you most looking forward to about the Super Bowl? Oh, right. Happy Super Bowl weekend to all who celebrate. You know, San Francisco is favored to win by two. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know who I want to lose. I don't, I don't know. I don't really I have don't anybody to win, but I don't know why, who I want to lose now. I mean, it's, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, what am I going to do? Right now, sometimes we go over to friends. We don't really have plans, which means... By Saturday afternoon, I think the in-laws are going to call and say, hey, what are you doing hey, tomorrow? Guys. We're coming over. So that, I, I love them. I love them. But the only thing is, just uh, if you're listening to this podcast, as soon as you're done, you've got to get to the supermarket now because you'll be hard-pressed to find any more cans of Smart. kidney beans. Yeah. They clear out. Yeah. 
like That's it's true, the like the Soviet Union. Yeah. No, it's gone. No, I love the Super Bowl. I think it's like this wonderful. What about you? It's a the Super Bowl is a wonderful celebration and one of the few things that we are sort of culturally is a touchstone for yeah. almost everyone still yeah. because the people who don't like football mm-hmm. either like Taylor Swift or will like the halftime show, which is Usher this year. So they'll tune in for that. Other people turn in tune in for the commercials. Football is a wonderful sport, so I'm glad for all the newbies who get to come and enjoy it. Yes. And the food is just a it's just a, like processed and amazing and yeah. disgusting and a smorgasbord and we're all very proud of it. Like if you're having like chips and nachos, you got to make sure that the 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 queso is warm. Oh yeah. Warm queso, like not later not, on, not a, you're gonna look at it and you say, I can't believe I none of this three layer dip. We're going seven oh, layers, you know, obviously. Say, yeah. No, we don't want just a couple layers on a cake. Yeah. You need like a ten layer, right. you know, you need much, That's much right. just right. tons of food. That's right. So I enjoy that we all get together for that. I'm right. I'm gonna go to a friend's house, I think, and we have a stay up late clause for the big girls on Super Bowl Sunday because I think it is a cultural moment that they yes. should experience to some yes. degree. And they look at me like they're not fully converted on football yet, I got to say. I, ha- I don't think I've done a good enough job indoctrinating them, despite the fact, and like, how am I going to do better? We've won two national championships in the last three years. I was going to say, do you years. start them off at the college level and then work them way start up? Start them off at college, yes. Yeah, yeah. So More we're, we're working on it. I tried to convince them that like, hey, if you watch football, it's screen time. <laughs> it does. It counts as TV. You get to watch TV. Bond with, get in here and bond with your mother. So we'll be taking the big girls probably to enjoy a little party with some friends, yeah. have some pizza, just stuff our faces. I'm looking forward actually to that now that you mention it, the half the halftime show with Usher, because he was in one of the greatest movies of all time, She's All That, starring Rachel was Lee he Cook. In She's All That? Yeah, I don't he's remember the DJ. that. He's the DJ. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, Lots of references. One, one real quick cameo also. What? Hannah Montana, the movie, in that movie, you should pull it up and stream it, in that movie- Taylor Swift is in the background as the performer at a honky-tonk like hoedown that wow. Miley Cyrus attends in wow. a small town. And she's so not a star that the she's featured a little, uh-huh. but the camera is panning to all sorts of other action and plot on the dance floor. Yeah, Taylor, Swift. Taylor, Swift Taylor Swift is in the background playing her guitar. So anyway, <sighs> strange cameos. Mm. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know that. That, okay. Watch a lot of Hannah Montana at my house <laughs> instead of football. Boo. All right. I was trying to come up with a joke to say talk about a cruel summer, but it just didn't work out for me. Okay. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I need to put a, together another NFL fit this week before the fit. A fit before the Super Bowl. So look out for that. Follow us at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram or YouTube. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. Thanks to Cane Rock for the delicious rum. This has been Nebulous Media Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back because we have breaking news on Getting Hammered. Look, news always breaks as soon as we're done taping, but we... Never fails. ...are podcasters of at least medium work ethic. Mm -hmm. And so since we were still in the building when this broke... We decided to reconvene. Mayor Catherine, you know what this is like? This is like, you know, when there was like a hijacking in the 1980s and then Uh they had to call Peter Jennings up in the middle of the night. You got to get back to the studio. And then he comes back and then they got to look good just for this moment, even though it's like 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 6. And that's what it's like for us. I was in the other side of the Yeah, you were some 30 yards away. I was in the kitchen washing the mugs. 
the mug. Yours is still here. <laughs> and then I came back. I saw it on the screen. And then you were like, Vic, you're not going to. We got to talk and about I saw this. It, so, and I thought, well, how serious it's on Fox. But it's pretty happened? serious. The special counsel report has come down about Biden's documents. Remember, he had classified yes, we documents waiting for this. misplaced in garages next to the Corvette mm-hmm. in his private office out in like Pennsylvania somewhere, like all over the place. OK, let me just read to you an excerpt. This is, I think, is the most telling one, but I, I think I have I have heard the rest of the report is also littered with such references. And this is from? This is from the special counsel's office. Okay, what is from, the Direct yeah, from. Yeah, this is directly from it. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? End quote. And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. Quote, in 2009, am I still vice president? Question mark. End of quote. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry when, in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. Now, you might wonder, Okay, it sounds like some things are off here. Mm -hmm. Certainly the documents were mishandled. Are they going to bring charges? The answer is no. Let them explain why. In a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at trial, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. In other words, we can't charge this old man because he can't remember things, and therefore we can't prove he did things knowingly. So like, like they're on the verge of non compost mentis or something. Uh, do you remember just the other day, Mary Catherine, I heard this in the news, it was an Axios report where White House officials, unnamed of course, were terrified about this upcoming you know, special and the details from the special investigation into the classified docs because we're so fixated on the Trump classified docs. Right. It was like, ah, it's not as big a deal. Sure, it was in the garage next to the Corvette, but you know, he returned, everything's fine, no big deal. And so when I heard the news from Axios, I thought, is it going to be, are they really going to be, you know? Because they were saying there might be pictures that would make everyone uncomfortable, you know, maybe, maybe the documents something. are next to the yeah, okay, Corvette so or what have you. It's worse. And yeah, just pointed out. It's not good, as Rory Cooper points out. There are nine months until Election Day. Either party could gain an enormous advantage by simply choosing a different nominee, and probably neither will. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yoinks! I think that the the machinery is so well put into place for uh, Biden 2020, Biden-Harris 2024. Right. I don't think, even with this, I actually could be wrong, but I'm going to say that I don't think they're going to switch... What's the word I'm talking about? Switch. Switch nominees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, switch places. Yeah, what, oh, or not even switch places. What's the phrase? Switch horses? Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You switch know. horses midstream. Switch, yeah, switch. Thank you. <laughs> it's the Cane Rocks by Jamaican Rum. That's confusing me myself. Anyway, but but this is serious. If they decide to keep Biden-Harris as the ticket and he's running unopposed, Democrats, fine. He still has 70%. Yeah. It might be less, but 70 The independents on the other that's going to shift even more. It, was, it wasn't even in his favor in the first place. Well, and I think the issue with this is sometimes rarely do you get an official entity yeah. say the thing we're all thinking. Right. And this is, to my mind, the most clear any... Right. And they're not... I don't think they were... I, they were probably expecting it to be like this. No. 
I, I don't know how much the administration knew how the interview went. Right. I'm really curious, as we were just talking in our newsroom, what is Corinne Jean-Pierre going to say at the briefing next uh, tomorrow or today while you're listening to this? Are they just going to go personal on the special prosecutor? Probably. Yeah, well, you know what they said right now, actually, they said it riddled with errors. <sighs> which parts? Just yeah. tell us which parts are riddled. Would love to know. Yeah. There, I don't know, obviously, because this is happening as we speak. We're so timely now taping the podcast, but of course it's not timely by the time you're listening. You, listeners, you know more than we do right now, but I, I'm going to say this. I'm curious if at some point they had decided to, in the middle of their questioning, throw in a few cognitive questions, just slip them in. You know, I, I know this from people people I know who, who have dementia and they'll, they'll ask you a question, they'll ask you to spell a word. Right. And they can do that. And then they'll ask you to spell the word backwards and... Oh man, well I'd have trouble with that. Um, (laughs) Well, it's not like, but it's it's an easier word. Don't ask me that one. It's not like recite the alphabet backwards when you get a DUI. Okay, Okay. I also couldn't that I have to do that. I'm also couldn't do that one sober. But you have to learn to do that one. So the idea of him sort of stumbling through these interviews is on one hand sad because he shouldn't be in that position, but he is firmly placed himself in yes. this position and the rest of the party and the rest of his family is sort of abetting that and i to like i said this is the moment when an official entity says out loud very clearly the thing that we've all been seeing that many people have felt yeah. was too rude right. to say and, and you were telling us no every there was just a, a white house official was just telling politico the other day that you know he's done all this traveling he's so Busy and energetic, mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris was telling Kate no, it's Kirk, like the, it's like Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg doing her morning workout. Yeah. It's like okay, hey guys, yeah. all right, yeah. How how active are we talking? So how 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 do you think this is going to impact? Ugh. I mean, we'll see how this plays out. the yeah. The Twitter is aflame is right, right now. now. It's, with, it's on fire. With Pocket comment- is on fire. Very with commentary, accurate. look, things happen so quickly these days yeah. that. You know, we'll move a couple news cycles past this and mm-hmm. maybe people will be like, yeah, that confirmed what I thought about Biden. And anyway, I'm just going to vote the way I was going to vote. Yeah. But this does seem like another level of yeah, for political people, For people problem. who for... already have some concern or are questioning, this is not going to help them. No. I feel bad for the president. He shouldn't be in this position. He shouldn't be forced to be in this position. But he has decided or the people around him have decided he's in it till he is 86 or however old he's going to be. Yeah. We'll know we more by see. Tuesday. Breaking news. That's it. There you go. We put in the work, Vic. I'm going to go read the rest of this report. The news never sleeps for us. This is what we do at Getting Hammered. (laughs) 